Welcome to Experience Means Business, a podcast by Adobe Professional Services. Hello and welcome to our Adobe Professional Services content supply chain podcast series on our Experience Means Business Adobe Professional Services podcast channel. I am your host again, uh, Elliot Wiener, part of the services marketing team here at Adobe. I've been with Adobe for about six years in multiple roles from the consulting side to the delivery management side and now on the services marketing side. My background is in advertising and digital startups. I spent a decade in New York and am now based in the hot south of the United States here in New Orleans, Louisiana. Julian, you're one of my great pals from across the pond. Why don't you give a little introduction for those who have not been privy to meet you yet? Sure thing. Uh, yeah. Hi, hi everyone. My name is Julian Bakton. I'm a principal solution architect in the European solution architect and uh, business architecture team. And my focus really lies on everything content, which means from a technical perspective, I work with the Adobe Experience Manager um, sites and assets or CMS and our dam system. But I'm also working with organizations on improving the content supply chain, understanding the uh, efficiencies to gain when talking about business processes and content processes, basically. And I have over a decade of experience in digital experience itself. Um, I, I love that job. I love to be there. And um, yeah, just just happy to be here today. And also, I'm very happy that I don't have to introduce this podcast because the name's a tongue breaker, Elliot. I have to say that. <laughs> it's a tongue twister, right? Yeah. And then another dear friend of mine, Catherine, please introduce yourself. Sure. Hi, everyone. Catherine Brown. I am based in the Americas on the America Solution Architecture team and more specifically the business architecture team. So our team focuses a lot on helping our customers de develop a phased approach to drive value as they gain momentum throughout their transformation. I have been with Adobe a little over five years. I've spent um, that entire time in professional services. Prior to that, um, I was able to both support leaders rolling out new technologies. So worked in digital transformation for about five years before that um, in different in different roles in different industries. And a lot of my my focus and background is really on operations and and process improvements. So thinking about how do we design the right processes and workflows to ultimately up-level and improve digital maturity through things like an operating model. Um, since joining the content supply chain uh, discussion, most of my focus has been on thinking about the relationship between content supply chain and omni-channel marketing. So what does this really mean in terms of driving outcomes for the business? How do we ensure alignment across digital marketing objectives and business objectives? And I'm excited to join you all today. Awesome. I'm super excited to have you guys here as well. If you are following along with our episode series, this is our second episode. Uh, in the first episode, we talked about the content supply chain, um, some of the definitions and what that means to different organizations, the challenges that they may be facing, and how Adobe is helping those organizations overcome challenges in their content supply chain planning and thinking. So what we want to do here is talk about where do we begin on an optimization journey for content supply chain? And you know, before we get into that, I, I just have a funny story. I was out on um, vacation the last week visiting my in-laws here in the United States up uh, in New York. So they live out on Long Island, New York. And 
they always ask me, oh, what do you do? Even though I've told them, you know, probably dozens of times, right? So there's, Ellie, where do you work? What do you do again? I'm talking to my mother-in-law and I'm like, yeah, I'm at Adobe. I do marketing. She's like, oh, yeah. Uh, can you can you tell them to stop sending me those ads to update my flash player? I'm just like, <laughs> really? Uh, one, in my head, I'm like, it's not an ad, right? Two, uh, flash has been gone for some time. And three, what type of computer are you on that you're still getting these pop-ups, right? Like, are you on a Windows 98 SE, like compact desktop or something? Like, what is, what is going on here? But it kind of got me thinking as we were getting ready for this podcast, I was like, hey, you know, years ago when Adobe was sending, right, you know, banner ads and pop-ups to update uh, Flash Player, it was probably a relatively straightforward process to get that out, right? So you had, you know, maybe one size, like a 300 by 250, right? You had, you know, one maybe type of resolution that you're optimizing for, right? You weren't doing it on iPhones, for example. And so the process of creating that content and getting it approved and getting it shipped out to all users of a lower version of Flash was relatively straightforward, right? Flash forward to today and you have things like hyper-personalization that demands individualized content per each, you know, customer and consumer segment. You have a multitude of devices, you have localization needs, globalization needs, all types of screens and resolutions and processors, right, that are rendering in different manners. So that content production workflow has increased exponentially just in the few years since my mother-in-law purchased her computer, right, that's still running Flash somehow. So I think that's an interesting way to kind of tee it off, right? It's like, how do we start? Content supply chain optimization is, you know, a big concept for a lot of our customers, right? They realize that there are challenges, but it can be daunting in terms of understanding the starting point towards an optimization journey, right? So Julian, Catherine, what are you experiencing from some of the customers you're talking with and, and how are you getting them started on this journey? Well, I think from one perspective, it's also very relieving if you think about your your story, right? It, because it means you already have a content supply chain and it has been changed multiple times over the past years. A couple of years ago, we, we had to create content for one channel in one format and we just had to release it. Now that we started with a little bit of personalization, we probably went into more personalization, into testing, into digital channels, multi-channel, omni-channel. So there is your content supply chain Every organization, A, already exists, and B, it already has changed over the past years a couple times. It already has evolved over the past years a couple times. So when we now speak about content supply chain, even though it might be a new industry term that you heard for the first time, it, in its essence, describes a process that you already use and that you already adjusted and extended a couple of times. What we do is we use a very dedicated methodology and all the learnings we have from the content field being at Adobe means we work with the content experts around the globe every day since since we actually founded this company basically. So we we know what content is and we know how content works and we know how our customers work with the content in all the different scales in all the different industries. And we just help you with methodologies, tools that we have to improve your content supply chain even more and make it even more efficient, right? So that that's the relieving point that I just want to start this with, right? It's it's a process that you already have and has already been 
um, improve a couple of times because none of us, none of our customers and none of our listeners most likely work the same way they were 10 years ago. I doubt that. Yeah, the, I think just building off of that, to me, the the biggest challenges that our customers are facing are really around where do I get started? And then once I've established where to get started, how do I maintain momentum given the complexity of our existing content creation and distribution processes? Um, a lot of organizations, this is you know a little bit anecdotal because content supply chain is still relatively new, but a lot of organizations, I think, are, are seeing most of the, the bottlenecks come after the planning period. It's really about um, the creative production processes. And so we'll go into organizations and every team has their own asset management system. You know, each business unit has their own agency of record. And so it's just hard, you know, I think as a first step, just getting a lay of the land and really understanding what is the current state before you can start prioritizing around where to optimize. And once you understand what's what's going on under the hood, so to speak, then we can start having conversations about what are those broader business objectives or goals that we're aiming towards? You know, of course, you would want to have that as you go into that current state discovery. But before we start really being able to phase out and, and have a clear story around what we're influencing, it's important to just understand what's going on. And so I would say most of our customers are either focused on driving marketing out- outcomes and objectives and, and really facing a lot of pressure to do more with less or they're really focused on operational efficiency. So I need to lower costs. I need to optimize my ex- internal, ex- external spend. You know, we're, we have a lot of content waste and we need to make sure that we are, you know, doing things like asset reuse and self-service. So I think it really tends to fall in those two buckets. And a lot of where we help our customers is defining those programmatic limits, especially in phase one, to achieve whatever their their broader goals are. Exactly. And when we think about how to start, I mean, starting, we, we don't have to take the whole thing from the very beginning, right? We don't have to change everything from the very beginning. We don't have one big project. It's not a big bang activity. It's something that can be rolled out in phases, starting very small and scaling up from there. So if if we think about the content supply chain, and Catherine, you just said it, but there's planning phase, right? And there are three more phases, planning, it's production, it's distribution, and it's analysis. That's basically the four phases of content supply chain. And all these phases involve different teams and different tools and different processes. And that's basically also what a content supply chain is. It's people and processes and it's tooling, it's technology. So we, we can take a small portion out of that. We can start with the planning phase or even take something out of distribution or production. doesn't really matter. We start small in one team and improve the way they work today in order to um, convince them of the concept and show them more efficiencies, probably show them tools like Workfront for work management because they don't do work management right now. And then we scale up from there. So th- to your question, Elliot, how to start and where to start, we can start small, we can be part of an existing project, or we can also do the Big Bang, obviously. But usually I- I'd say, let's start on a small process, let's take a marketing campaign, let's take um, a certain team, for example, or a certain process. Um, where you can plan for the disruption, that's one important point to to do as well when you think about where to start is plan for change, right? You have to plan for the change that comes along the way. You will gain efficiencies, but you will have to put in a little bit of work, obviously. That's that's just something you have to plan and you have to schedule that in. So probably don't take your busiest campaign um, with, with biggest impact on your organization straight away and do that end to end. Start a little bit smaller from there and then scale up from there. I think that that's a good point too. Um, 
to start your, your chain chain color supply chain. Yeah, don't start with that huge holiday campaign that's going to account for 80% of your revenue next nope, year. Friday. That's, that's not what we should do. <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> Excellent. I mean, so, you know, Catherine, I'm curious, what else um, from kind of a, an Adobe professional services perspective are we offering our customers in terms of like assessing their readiness and getting them, you know, on a path to success here? Yeah, no, it's a great point. And, uh, you know, I think building off is what, what Julian started to talk about is really around understanding the maturity level. And when we say maturity, that's both the organization as a whole, but then also within different business units or, or teams. And so I think one of the things that Adobe is is able to, to partner with our customers on is helping them figure out what that phased approach looks like. And that's both related to the technology and um, you know, and related to also the people and process side as well. So do, do you understand which teams are more organizationally ready? Um, I just worked with a customer a few weeks ago who had a very mature digital marketing organization. So their governance, their ability um, to, you know, keep SOPs and, and SLAs up to date and things like that was was significantly further ahead of the marketing organizations that they worked very closely with. And so starting to think about, you know, as again, as we talk about gaining momentum and defining programmatic limits, do you focus on the most mature part of your organization and and sort of have, you know, a smaller tiger team that's, that's able to run into the future? Or do you focus maybe on the less mature parts of your organization or some combination of the two, which is usually what we recommend? So we d- we d- define content supply chain transformation into four phases in professional services. I won't go too deep into it, um, but we'd love to talk more about it. Um, and so the first phase really is that readiness phase. Then we get into foundations, scale, and then larger scale transformation. But in that readiness phase in particular, we we look at the current state of, of content within your organization. And a lot of that is defining what is considered content within the organization. You'd be surprised how, how much... Um, how, how much that can vary sometimes even between teams. And so then we want to really understand that content creation process. So we'll go in, we'll do an audit, um, we'll map things like the life cycle of content. Um, we talk a lot about content production and distribution, but we don't talk as much about content retirement. So as we think about usage rights and when you know content is no longer clear, cleared for public consumption, do you have clear process in place around that? Um, and then the last thing that I would mention on the people side is we want to do a learning needs assessment and understand um, the the state of maturity as it relates to tool usage. You know, are there teams that have used asset management before? I mean, net new for a different cohort of learners, and what do those learning pathways need to look like as we get into the subsequent phases? So, lots more that we that we could talk about there, but we have a tried and true method um, that we think allows us to go in and really quickly assess the information so we can get to that phased approach and start to action. Yeah, and I think one thing that we that we also do that is worth mentioning here is that we also look into the business side of things, right? Understanding how your organization is built, how your teams are structured, how they interface with each other, um, and how you actually plan for things like holidays, PTO, uh, sick time of your employees, right? If if one of your resources is on PTO, but you need him to work on a certain asset, but you don't know he's away, well, that's that's a big bump in your timeline all of a sudden. So those are things that we look into as well. And also the improvement part of things. Like what do you learn from your marketing campaigns? What happens once you push your content out? Like how do you analyze data? How do you analyze how your team worked? How effective your campaign was? How much money you've spent? How much time you've spent? How much resources have worked on that campaign? How many assets you've created versus how many assets you've used? And 
all these information, we, we'll have a look into that. And that's something that, at least in my experience, and Catherine, it might be different for you, but the customers that I speak to um, often don't really think about that all too much at the very beginning. Thinking about a marketing campaign, if you if you speak to those teams, of course, they have an idea of how many resources work on on a process, but they don't really have an idea on the actual spend, cent by cent, on asset creation, external agencies, and all this kind of stuff. So learning the possibilities when speaking about content supply chain that go far beyond the actual improvement of time to market for your content and those kind of KPIs um, is very valuable in the initial discussions because it, it broadens our discussion. Actually, it creates value for all the different uh, business units within the company. And, and that is a cool thing as well that we discuss um, in depth with our customers. Like, how can we help you internally versus how can we help you externally? No, I think that's a great point. And 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 what what I think Julian is 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 starting to get at is, you know, how do we strike a balance between acceleration and maintaining daily operations? You know, you have to balance these these two things when you're undergoing a content supply chain um transformation because there's going to be those critical business functions that have to happen no matter what. And the other thing that I wanted to just offer is, you know, with with Gen AI and some of the the interesting things that are coming on or, around content um, creation and automation, a lot of our customers are, are jumping to that. And we consider that those to be things that that can only happen if there's a good foundation in place. So when we talk about business process discovery and understanding those dependencies and risks and, you know, the employee who might be out during the holiday campaign, all, all of that structure um, allows you to make informed decisions about some of the more future-facing technologies. So you know the the works the work in the weeds of really understanding process, getting a clear understanding of your your value streams and the maturity of capabilities. It's not the most glamorous work. It's not always the most exciting work for folks, although I love it. Um, but it really is the work that's going to allow you to be prepared for some of the the newer emerging technologies that are coming out. And you know, as it relates to Adobe Professional Services, you know, we get a lot of of questions about the future of content and you know what's on on engineering roadmaps and things like that. And I think. That allows us when we're when we're doing things like planning and helping to build phase roadmaps. It allows us to always keep an eye to the future and um, and stay informed on what engineering is doing. So as we're starting to build momentum and entering into some of those initial phases, we're also preparing our our customers for the future. Yeah, planning for change. That's that's basically what it is as well, right? And I, I love that point of bringing in our own roadmap to customer roadmaps just combining them too and and being a voice within the organizations and helping them to actually adopt new technologies or introduce new technologies be more efficient might be with gen ai or even by introducing a centralized dam or account management system or whatever so that's that's a really really cool thing and introducing and planning for change also means that we support with change management activities which is something that we we do as well um in a phased approach right and and catherine can speak about that a little bit more as well but change management for us basically means if we disrupt your organization, and let's be honest here, changing a content supply chain or improving a content supply chain will be a little bit of a disruption, right? Your workforce will have to work a little bit different. Individuals have to work a little bit different. Tools might change. Processes might change. Approvals might change. There's, there's a couple of things that will change in the way you used to work um, and in the way you will work in the future. And we support our customers with that as well. We, we plan for change, we plan for adoption, and we support them through the entire change management phase to get from an old content supply chain to an improved content supply chain, to introduce new tools and new processes and, and everything. And we not only do that by enablement with trainings and individual training path, 
Um, we also do that by supporting uh, building a change culture, right? Building the right culture around your new processes and adopting the technologies. And this is something that, Catherine, you probably might might spend a couple of seconds on as well, because I know you have some great insights into how we do uh, face change management as well. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great point. So when we think about adoption at Adobe, we, we, we separate it into three, three categories. The first part is learning and enablement, which is exactly what it sounds like. The second part is knowledge management. And then lastly would be change management. So on the learning and enablement side, we will recommend that our customers take a, a combination of traditional classroom learning um, and, and pair that with desk side coaching and mentoring. So you, you have the ability to have subject matter expertise, whether that's within your organization or, or externally, um, sit alongside your teams as, as you go through the transformation. On the knowledge management piece, and then I'll get to change management because I know it's what Julian teed up. Um, but on the knowledge management piece, um, again, I think this is one of those areas that folks don't talk about as much. It's not always as exciting or as glamorous, but really thinking about how, how are you documenting um, these new processes that are rolled out? What's the state of documentation with your, with your current process? Um, a lot of organizations waste um, a lot of time going back and forth, having um, you know a, a lack of clarity, let's say, around what the approval might be for for a piece of content or for a campaign, and that that's just yet another thing that leads to inefficiency. So the point point of that is it's important to have things like operationalization playbooks. A lot of our customers will have technical runbooks, but it's as important to have that on the operational side as well. And then um, as it relates to change management, so. At Adobe, we take a, a different approach from a, a lot of tr uh, the traditional change management methodologies. So we think that change management has to be as agile and iterative as anything else. So it's not enough to um, to to establish, you know, a, a, a high level stakeholder map and organizational wide communication plan and just roll that out and think you've done change management. No, it's important that the folks that are leading change management ex uh, exercises are working alongside. Um, folks in your organization that are driving things like content strategy and operations. So when it comes to change management, um, we'll, we'll again, we'll take an iterative approach. So if we're talking about focusing on one initial campaign or one initial business unit, um, we'll try to identify evangelists within those those pilot programs or those POCs, and those become the the representation personas for the rest of the organization. So happy to talk more about that. But I think the long and short of it is that we've, we've done a lot of work to look at traditional approaches to change management and tailor it to um, experience-driven businesses, which does require being a lot more agile in how you roll it out. Yeah. And agility is really what ties it back to the scalability of things, starting small and going from there. Wow. What, what an amazing uh, discussion, right? Uh, and I hate to cap it off here, but we're coming up towards the end of our episode so I do want to say thank you to Julian and Catherine for leading us and engaging in this really, really fruitful discussion around how we start to look at optimization paths for content supply chain with our customers and what to look out for and what to be mindful of. Um, do tune in for our next episode, which is all about show me the value of content supply chain optimization. So bringing all the key concepts discussed here and tying that into a value mapping exercise and value realization. So do tune in for that. Make sure you are watching the rest of the episodes on our Experience Means Business podcast channel here with Adobe Professional Services. And if you're interested in learning more about anything here today or discussing this with Adobe, please reach out to Adobe Professional Services. We'll have links or QR codes available depending on what platform you're using. So please click or take a snapshot of that. But until next time, uh, thank you all for joining. 
And, you know, Julian, Catherine, just last question. When my mother-in-law comes back and asks for another pause on the I flash, think fine. I think do it. It. <laughs> and the <letter>. No. <laughs> I won't even get her started on Gen AI yet. That'll be that'll be Catherine later on. All right. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your day. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Let us know what you think by writing to us at infoacs at adobe.com. See you later for more.